How are you going? Welcome to another episode of the Kidinya Clouder. A bit of a weird episode today. I've got Ollie with me. Um, a bit of things happening in the world today, Ol. How's it going, Jake? Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking about this at length uh, in the podcast for sure. So last week, Geelong played their last Marsh Series game against Colac, and it seems like an absolute eternity away now. Well, uh, that's um, we, Essendon in Colac. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> there was um, oh, it was it was another loss for the Cats. We ended up losing by four points after coming back late. Uh, the one positive. Uh, that I and Cat supporters got out of the game, and I don't know about you, Ol, but the main thing I wanted to see going into this game was how Jack Stephen performed um, in his first hit out with the team. How did you think he fared, Ol? Oh, he was... I thought he was well and truly one of the better players on the field and one of our better players on the day, for sure. Um I think he had disposals of somewhere in the um, the mid twenties, which is yeah, which is pretty stock standard for um, Jack Stephen when he's in reasonable form. Um, the the fitness might come under a bit of question um, at this early stage, um, but it was probably better than, than the off-season, of course. Um, but generally, he's, you know, he's a class player, so we'll just... Uh, we're happy to, to have him. Um, he was at least involved. He showed some skill and showed some intent. Made a couple of errors here and there, but most, most of his uh, game seemed to be of a of a decent standard, given the yeah, time of year. He certainly seemed to be pretty switched on, and I think he had nine disposals in the first quarter. He seemed absolutely everywhere. Took a couple of strong marks and set up the first goal in the first 30 seconds for Grind Myers, and set up another another goal for Grind Myers as well, who was that another highlight. Grind, of the cat. That second Grind Myers goal was probably one of the best moments of the game, mind you. Yeah, for sure. He had he had a great uh, kick from the pocket. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, Stephen looks like he could somewhat replace the hole left by Tim Kelly in the midfield, but obviously it's not exactly a like for like. But I think he, for what we got him for, it it seems like a pretty shrewd pick, and he'll he'll be able to do some real damage for Geelong. Uh, another thing I wanted to keep an eye on in this game was the. Uh, playing of three talls in Jenkins, Radagalia and Hawkins. Um, I don't know how much of the game you saw overall, but did you see or feel like that combination clicked better than the game against Gold Coast? Well, I mean, given the scoreline, you would suggest it probably did. But um, I don't think Jenkins really showed a, a great deal. I mean, he's... Uh, his did he kick a he kicked one he goal? He kicked was a it? goal very late. Yeah. 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 Well, he's he's the, that I know that that kick was was a good finish. It was um, a good kick. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure if he yeah is quite um slotting into the team in the best possible manner at the moment. 
But, um, you know, get, hopefully given more time, um, and we're speaking in, in hypotheticals in a, in, to a certain degree at, at the moment, um, hopefully he can just generally get more game time and we see some improvement. We know he can do it at a decent level and we know he can kick bags of goals when he's in form and we haven't had a forward that can probably kick you know five six seven goals at at, um at any great uh, regularity Um, yeah not not since like you know Menzel and even since probably Podsy Adley was around did we have another forward other than Hawkins that can kick a big bag so yeah Radigalia can do it, but he's um he's pretty he's raw still. Of, yeah, he's more of your high flying um highlights package type forward, not just your set shot conversion type. Yes. I don't see, like I don't see Jenkins as a highlights player really. I just see him as a he's like a finisher. Yeah, bread and butter forward. You know, a big big body, and it's going to be reasonably strong one on one. And you know, he's generally reasonably strong around the ground and somewhat um, fast for his size. But as we've seen with Adelaide, he can um, fade in and out of games. But Hopefully, um, you know, a change of scenery makes for a change in Jenkins and just a decent start to the year or a decent run of games. Yeah, for sure. I I reckon it's going to have a bit of a flow-on effect from changing clubs. We saw it with Dalhouse when he came to Geelong and Dangefield when he came to Geelong. I reckon just having that change of club sort of reinvigorates the player a bit and just gives them that one extra year or two years worth of, uh, you know, really intense, um, you know, how how they attack their football and play the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some other positives I took out of the the NAB, uh, the NAB Cup, the Marsh Series game against Essendon was Gary Rowan kicked three goals as well. I thought he was pretty good. Um, yeah. oh, sorry, he kicked, he kicked three goals in the uh, the Gold Coast game. And he was marking very well in this game as well. I think he might have only got one, but, but he, he yeah, said... I, like I did notice his marking particularly in this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I was there at the ground and there was, there was a few lead-up marks up the wing that he took and he, he's just got very strong hands. Grind Myers, we, we mentioned before, uh, kicked three goals and looks to be continuing his amazing form from last year and looks to be our number one small forward in the team. Um, Jordan Clark was good in both games against Gold Coast and Essen. He did cop a heavy knock late in the last quarter, but seemed to get up from it okay. He looked like he was almost dead one second, then he was <laughs> he got two he got two possessions really quick straight after that, so I think he was fine. Yeah. Um, and obviously Dangerfield was pretty poor in the game against Gold Coast, but he bounced back and it yeah, was a bit, he, yeah, uh, he he had his moments in the in the Essendon game of being a bit um hit and miss, but, um, yeah. you know, when you see Dangerfield bursting out of the middle 
and kicking it from 60 metres, um, you know that... Always a, always a positive sign, isn't it, yeah, for Geelong that's something, fans? that's something you want to see. Yeah. Um, other players, other players I thought that needed honourable mentions, um, Darcy Fort for his... Yeah, how'd you, how'd you see him, Oh, Because, I, like I said, I was at the game and he seemed to be battling away against Phillips all day, but you mentioned that he seemed to do quite well. I thought, yeah, I thought that he was... Well, I don't know how high the expectations are of him at, at the moment. And yep. given that, I was, you know, reasonably impressed with with his work around the ground. Um, yeah. And just the fact that he, yeah, he, like, it's just a, one of these big, big players that can sometimes be prone to clangers or, you know, like, Blatant right. errors, just blatant errors. Um, yeah. And for for a player, you know, that's still relatively inexperienced and still rather raw, to just not be making any drastic errors or not do anything that just makes you just shake your head. Um, yeah. In a pretty high pressure. Just, yeah, yeah. He was just solid. He was just solid. Yeah. So he deserves. Good signs. Deserves for credit. It's just a, it's just a good solid game, um, and you know he, he had his moments. He did his bit, and I think the commentators also mentioned that they were reasonably impressed with his output um, throughout the, the call of the game. So, I, I think that that's, yeah, that's definitely warranted. Yeah. Um, the last player I wanted to just tip my hat to was Tom Atkins, who yes. performed well in both games also. And, yes. and we've talked about him at length um, all throughout last year, but he's been fantastic since we uh, since we got him. He's never, you know, lowered his colours in, in any game. He's never given up or given a poor result. He's always tackling, pressuring. Um, and he's been a fantastic addition to our side and probably something we needed as we've got a lot of ageing players to have a younger player like this to give that spark uh, and just push some of the players, lift some of them up is always fantastic. So we mentioned before off the top there was a bit of news going around today and there might not be much uh, worth talking about any of the preseason games anyway, Ol, because there's still a chance the season might not go ahead. Obviously, if you're listening to this, everyone's around the globe is right aware of uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 that's going around at the moment. Uh, which seems to be a, a highly contagious uh, flu-like virus, which is um, just knocking people for six, if you get it, especially those who are vulnerable. So a number of sports associations and leagues across the world have actually shut down because of this. And, Ol, you're probably a bit more familiar with the soccer and the NBA, but a yep. lot of those have have shut down and... You know, we've got round one on Thursday night, Carlton versus Richmond, and, and at this stage it's going ahead, albeit without crowds. And mm. the AFLW last round played without crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a big question mark hanging over round one, and it was announced today that the, the season of 2020 has been shortened to 17 games, which is a pretty historic announcement for, for the code and just in Australian history, I guess, to have a disease that's affected, you know, sporting clubs and, you know, general life in such a way, like nothing like this has really happened since the war. So 
mm. it's been a pretty big day of news, old. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, really. I mean, it's, it's things like this that obviously put, um, you know, life into perspective and put sport into perspective and demonstrate to us that there is more to life than sport whilst obviously you know it's an enjoyable uh pastime or an enjoyable thing for people to um be involved with or um or observe or you know it's a good family outing and and these sorts of things uh we can't necessarily have family outings or large groups of people congregating together at the moment as per the um, instructions with the uh, with the virus but um, just yeah I mean as we were saying we we're probably saying off uh, or off air off uh, yeah. off the recording that um, you know I guess there's everyone's purporting to be experts and all all the like on on this sort of um this sort of stuff but i guess all you can do um is just look to be as prepared as possible for um for possibly the for possibly something to get uh, to get Worse, obviously, it wanted to 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 be better, but um, these sorts of things or or drastic events have occurred before, um, and you know life has changed after such events, but then it has carried on. Life has carried on. So um, who knows what you know what sort of uh, world it necessarily brings after this um in terms of the scope of the impact but Mm. um you could probably confidently say that things won't be the same as they are now same yeah and it's you know we talk about it on a football level but you know stock markets around the world are crashing and economies you know could potentially be going bust after this because businesses are going out of it and just no one can put up with uh, what's happening at such an unprecedented level. You know, people are fighting in the supermarkets because of this virus trying to stock up on food. So um, that's a pretty big uh, real world problem. And, and obviously we're just talking about the sport here, but yeah, it's hit the world in a way that no one ever expected a virus could like this. You, you, um, can't, just going you back- can't really ignore You Like it's, it's, it's to the extent that obviously you can't ignore it. It's no. crashed into the sporting world yeah that it's now impacted the sporting world yeah for sure and just going back to the announcement from today it was said by afl ceo gillian mclaughlin that the first four rounds uh will remain the same whether or not round one starts from this thursday or it is postponed for five weeks is still yet to be determined that announcement will probably come tomorrow which is what is it tuesday tomorrow um So the Geelong Cats' first four weeks are GWS uh, West Coast 
and Hawthorne are in there as well. I forgot the other one, but you essentially play your first four weeks and then you just go through the rest of the season playing each team once. So some people have said it's a compromised season. Other people says it's an equal season. What are your thoughts on a potential, because it's still not sure if it will go ahead, a potential 17-game season and then obviously finals after that? Uh, just to just to let you know, the other game is is Gold Coast. Gold thought. Coast, yeah. I thought they might have been in there, but I don't know if I was thinking of GWS or again. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, both expansion teams. Now, um, uh, yeah. In in regards to the 17 game season, um, on, on face value, it it evens the competition up. Yeah. But obviously. I think it's safe to say that given the circumstances, there would probably be an asterisk against this season. Um, whether or not... You know, I don't think that necessarily means that the standard of play wouldn't be any... You know, would be a, would be greatly affected or or anything. No, no. Um, if, if, the, if the season were to go ahead... Um, or yeah, I don't think the the standard of football would necessarily suffer, but um, if anything, it could probably go up as there's less games. Possibly, but the uh, but the spectacle obviously is is won't be what it what it uh, typically is. Um, Especially if there's no crowds. Not well, yeah, that's a that's obviously self-evident, but. Um, uh, I mean, going back to what we were saying before, you can you can essentially still watch the games on TV. Technology nowadays does mean that we still have access to watching the games on TV if they go ahead at all. That is, um, obviously, it's. N- you know, you, you, you'd prefer to have value for money for your membership and all these sorts of things. But, but um, you know, these are, these are um, unprecedented circumstances. Um, yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot of talk about, you know, you know, memberships and do I get renewed or, you know, people have bought tickets for round one and now aren't going, so they have to get refunded. I just become a MCC member this year, so I don't even know what's going to happen with that. What a year to pick, or you know, actually get to become an MCC member. Um, you know, it, bring, it brings around all these conversations around you know fairness and you know refunds and stuff. But to be honest, that's that's a conversation that needs to happen after the fact because oh, there's a yes. much bigger, much yes. bigger problem happening happening. You know, especially if you know where you know it, it will take it, it will take one player getting this virus, which essentially will shut down the AFL and there will be no game at all. And, you know, if if a player gets it, it's getting to the point where they're probably, you know, the athletes in most countries for international professional sport are probably getting looked after the most in regards to how strictly they are being monitored. So if a player is getting it, it's probably at a stage where they've either unlikely enough been in contact with someone who has it or it's that rife in the country that, you know, it's getting to that. Because there's only, you know, 1,200 AFL and AFLW players. It would only take one of them to get it to shut down the whole league. Because if one player has it, 
the team probably has it. And if that team probably has it, they probably just played someone the week before and they'll all have to get tested and be self-quarantined themselves. Yeah. So Yeah. Yep. I mean, well you look at the you look at the uh, the EPL and you look at the NBA, it's the same circumstance. And the, and you know, the rest of the world, aside from Australia, is further along. Um, further along the, the path with this uh, with this crisis, let's say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, you can't necessarily be a prophet of uh, prophet of doom or or anything um, when you're not an expert. Um, yeah. But you can turn or or it's it's kind of not your um, your field to to venture into. But you can definitely. Um, you'd certainly entitled to to have a view on it um yeah for sure and and everyone does have different views and you know people are you know saying they've got more chance of winning the lottery than actually getting this virus and that, that if you know if there's a lockdown they'll be out in the street celebrating and you know going to all the shops that will you know i don't think they realize that none of the shops would be running in every if everyone's in a uh, self-isolation yeah, but, uh, that would be, yeah and 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 if things were really, um, if things were really drastic, they would, they would, there would be consequences for such an action. Yeah, well, I think Victoria today was placed in a state of emergency, which basically gives the government powers uh, to force people into self-isolation, and anyone coming back from overseas um, will be forced to self-isolate for 14 days. And that includes uh, Channel 7 commentator Brian Taylor, who's over in the States filming a documentary, I think, for Channel 7. Mm. So I don't know what they were doing, sending him over there within the last week. But mm. he will have to if, – if round one goes ahead, he won't be able to commentate anyway because he'll be forced to self-isolate. So yeah, um, we'll go yeah. back to – what was that, sorry? What do, uh, I know this is kind of um... – looking ahead perhaps but what do you think and this is somewhat obviously unrelated to football but um what do you think the possibilities of of this are in relation to the olympics yeah well if they they cancelled the formula one because uh three team members from mclaren tested positive to the virus so you imagine the Formula One and the amount of international teams that are coming and then times that by five and that's how many people will be at the Olympics in one country. I yeah. don't think it's going to happen. When you've got, you know, when you've got that many people from other countries congregating in one spot, there just feasibly isn't, you know, any room to budge on you know, if this person gets it, they can go away, and we'll still it'd go be away. Rather, because, yeah, it'd be it'd be frankly rather foolish to to do it. It's because you're essentially then sending people back after the Olympics who have had exposure to every country. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you you might as well just mail you know rice into every country from there because <laughs> you're really just spreading it. So, um. In regards to the 17-round uh, season in, in in the fact that every team's playing each other once, do you think that will have any adverse or unexpected results? 
again, it's all hypothetical if, if the season goes ahead as is. But do you think there's any factors that might come into play where we'll see, you know, bolters and sliders? Like, will Gold Coast jump up because they're not playing in front of fans? Or will Richmond and West Coast suffer because they're not playing in front of fans either? Um, I mean, well, maybe it, maybe, maybe it uh, means that Geelong benefits from a potential home final type <laughs> scenario. Um, we'll get our home final even if hell freezes over and the world does end. We'll, we'll do anything to get our home final. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, here, look. It's, if it's, you know, if, if every game just basically turns into a one-off game with the 17 rounds and um, one in, you know one team playing the other once for the entire year, um, then, yeah, you're probably more likely to see the occasional upset. Um, although you could argue that um, because there's because there's less of a an amount of games, um, you know that the average uh, average result, let's say between Richmond and the Gold Coast, typically Richmond win comfortably. Yeah. If it's a one-off game, that you'd expect them to to win again. Um, now, the one-off games do mean that they, yeah, that there can occasionally be random upsets. And yeah. you know, we, we know that the we know that if you're not up for it or on, you know, absolutely on your game from the beginning, yeah. that you might lose. And the the AFL generally is rather more even than it has been in um, yeah. in prior I see what years. You mean. So, like, yeah. If Gold Coast and Richmond were to play each other twice this season, for example like 85% chance that Richmond wins both games. But if they're only playing once, that sort of like brings the chances of Gold Coast winning that one game, not to 50-50, but it's certainly, you know, there's only one shot. So these upsets might just have more effect on, you know, Frio, I think, upset a few teams last year. They upset um, GWS, which ended up meaning they finished ninth or just out of finals. But if they don't play the good teams again, if they get those upsets, that could make the difference between them finishing ninth and them finishing sixth or seventh if they don't play the mm. good teams the second time. So, yeah, they look, they they beat Geelong. Um, not that Geelong were playing particularly well in that in that game, but um, you know, you could be forgiven for thinking that Geelong. Were expected to win, yeah. Uh, even even though it was at Subiaco, or yeah. um, sorry, in uh, in West Australia anyway, um, regardless of the venue, um, and it didn't it didn't happen. But we also know that that Fremantle, you know, is one of these teams that can pop up and win in frankly, random circumstances or, you know, any any game, anytime, anywhere, you know, it's the Ross Lyon mantra. 
Yeah. That probably still lingers at, at Fremantle. Um, you know, Cats fans are always reminded around finals time of the uh, 2013 qualifying final. Yeah. Debacle. Oh, gosh. Thanks but, for reminding yeah. me. But, yeah, that's... that's uh, so, you know, upsets happen, random results happen. Um, if you shorten the the general amount of, like, the sum of games, does that statistically or probability-wise, does that change things? Maybe slightly. Um, obviously, we don't have the statistics in front of us to make the calculated probability predictions, mm-hmm. but um, it's likely... And the, the other big issue for for the Cats is I believe we had four or five home games in a row in the second half of the season, closer mm-hmm. to, towards the end of the season. So I don't think we're going to get that again in a 17-round in a season. I think we, we might even get cut down to, you know, mate, we'd be lucky to get two or three in a row uh, towards the end. But that's the thing. It's sort of like, you know, it's sliding doors. If, if the season was to continue, if we're good enough, like there's no guarantee we, we would have win that five games. But if that five-game home stretch turns into two games and then we're travelling or going to play against another club at a different venue now, like what does that mean for Geelong? Oh, well, I guess, you know, you just have to play whoever you play against and, and try and beat them. Um. I mean, it doesn't obviously make it easier for us if we're playing away from home. Obviously, we prefer to play, you know, on a familiar ground with uh, familiar dimensions and everything. But um, you can't you can't be arguing your case when you don't have a case. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't have a leg to stand on, really, you know. The the uh, the changes have been made and all clubs have been affected. So yeah. you know we can't be crying poor in that scenario. Yeah, it's certainly um, going to make for an interesting season, all. And um, from a Geelong perspective, I don't know if it helps or hinders hinders us. Uh, in regards to the preseason, we didn't really set the world on fire. So if if the uh, if the actual season proper does get delayed, someone actually I saw in the comments somewhere that oh that this is, this is good. It gives Geelong a chance to like redo their game plan and get their act together, <laughs> which might might be a bit harsh. But yeah, it's certainly um, certainly something we'll obviously be hearing in the news tomorrow. There's probably going to be another big announcement then. But, yeah, from a Geelong perspective, I don't think obviously it changes anything. We're still going to, you know, play to our best percentage in every game that we do play. But, yeah, it's certainly one of those one of those years that we'll never forget for a long time. And like you said, on a real-world scale, on a real-life scale, nothing's probably going to be the same after this. Um you know, potentially if we if we go into next season after playing a 17-game season and it's, you know, 17 rounds of the best footy you've ever seen, 
there could be a case that we permanently change the the fixture to a you know play everyone once and then final. So mm. there could be mm. some serious ramifications. Yeah, either either way, um, football related or not. That's that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. As yeah. As for this podcast, I think we've pretty much covered everything. The AFLW Cats team played against. Oh, who was it? I've just gone blank again. I just. I think I might have the virus. Oh, I've just gone, <laughs> yeah, I've just gone blank against everyone. No, I, I went there on Friday night to watch yes. uh, Geelong play the Kangaroos. It was the the last game of AFL or AFLW that fans were actually allowed to attend before the lockdown of fans. Um, so I thought I'd better get there and see some football before I might not be able to this year. Um, I went with my camera, took some photos. We started really well in the first half, but obviously faded away. And the the Roos ended up kicking 10 goals straight on us um, in, a, in a big loss, which was very unfortunate. I think Obviously, there was a, a pretty bad injury to Nina Morrison. And that's confirmed to be another ACL for her, which was so shocking to see. The bad thing about not having, you know, there's only about a thousand fans at the ground, but you could actually hear her crying and screaming from the other yeah. side of the ground from where we were sitting. So yeah, it was pretty brutal. And, and I, yeah, I felt sick watching her come off and she was just in absolute tears. She's been probably one of our best players again this season and, that probably puts a nail in the coffin for us trying to get into finals this year. Um, the Roos have by and far probably be, probably been the best team in in the comp this year in terms of scores and how they play. Uh, I will be doing a separate AFLW uh, report. The Cadenia Cloud AFLW report episode three will probably be up tomorrow or Wednesday where I'll go a bit more in depth about the Geelong versus Kangaroos game. Uh, and we'll talk about it further in that. So um, other than that, we're looking forward to hopefully seeing a couple more rounds of the Cats girls play for the rest of the season. And, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing the, the boys run out this weekend as well against GWS. But anything else from you, all otherwise? Oh, well, you know, we're, we just uh, wait and see what happens and and... Yeah, hope, hopefully, we're hopeful that uh, some football can be played, but we're also um, fully understanding of the scenario or fully understanding of the gravity of the, or potential gravity of the situation, so we understand if, um, you know, decisions were made where uh, football was delayed or stopped essentially for the season yeah for sure and obviously we're hoping that the the situation itself globally you know comes to some sort of you know point where it can be managed or looked after in a somewhat you know orderly way but i think we're not over the the worst of it yet um hopefully you know this this country australia is able to manage it okay and everything gets back to somewhat normality in about a month or so would be probably best case scenario, but um, wishing the best to everyone out there and hope everyone stays safe. Otherwise I'll, we'll, we'll talk to each other in the next pod. Yep. No worries at all. Um, and until next time, go cats, I guess. <laughs> yep. Go cats. Cheers guys. See ya. Cheers.